28 years ago this past summer, I had the honor to serve with Brother Jones as the day speaker at the Georgia Youth Camp. Brother Jones was then the international youth president of the United Pentecostal Church and was the evening speaker. We became friends ministering together at that camp. His ministry then and now has been an inspiration to myself personally as well as to our church and the United Pentecostal Church as a whole. He dedicated this church building in January of 2000 as well as coming and ministering on numerous occasions in Palm Bay including my 40th and 50th birthdays. He has been a leader in our fellowship for more than four decades including serving for more than two decades as the General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church. Most of all, his loyal friendship and mentorship has been a source of strength and encouragement over the years. We are honored that he is here to commemorate our 20th pastoral anniversary and is ministering this morning and this evening in our evening service. Ladies and gentlemen, from St. Louis, Missouri, would you welcome Reverend Jerry Jones. We love you so much. Praise God. Oh, let's worship the Lord. His presence fills the house today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you for what you've done here. What a, what a real pleasure, a joy to be in Palm Bay again and see what God is doing here. I'm constantly amazed by the outpouring of God's Spirit around our fellowship and what God is doing in churches far and wide. When I come here and I see the growth and I see the result of years of committed leadership by the Myers family, I'm just, um, it's just wonderful when other groups are fading and churches are closing and people are losing their faith. God is on the march in this church. God is doing great things. In this church. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We do love the Myers family. Both generations that we've had the privilege of knowing and admiring and calling ourselves their friends. And to be here on this occasion, it's, it's, it's both, uh, both mind-boggling and so gratifying. Just doesn't seem like 20 years could have passed since uh, Brother David Myers was elected pastor here. And um, we were here just a couple of years later, not even two full years, and helping dedicate this building. Of course, as he mentioned, we've known them for many, many years, and I've always been, I've always been filled with admiration for their excellence and their commitment to the kingdom of God love and appreciate these folks very much. Gregory is my armor bearer today, and a great one, and uh, Luke and Sophia, and of course, Sister Myers, and this whole family. I, Pastor sent me a picture of Gregory this morning, said, this is your armor bearer. Didn't give me his name, but I knew him instantly, except he's so much taller than the last time I saw him. And uh, I confess, I didn't know if it was Luke or Gregory. But I love these kids. What wonderful, wonderful third generation Myers you have. 
John chapter 10 will serve as my text this morning. I'll start with verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I want to preach this morning about the shepherd. God bless you. Thank you. Please be seated. Here in in his teaching, Jesus makes clear of the importance of a shepherd in our lives. That each of us need a shepherd to care for us. A shepherd to look out for us. A shepherd to love us. A shepherd to guard us. Now, of course, in this passage, there's almost a dual meaning flowing along. Jesus is, of course, the chief shepherd. He is the head shepherd. It is His power that protects us. It is His presence that empowers us. It is His Word that guides us. 1 Peter 5 and 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. He is our chief shepherd. But he has chosen in the life of the church from the very beginning to appoint under shepherds to care for us, to live among us, to know us, to preach, to teach, to lead, to guide, to counsel, to direct. He has given us these under shepherds in his will and according to his plan. Paul writes the Ephesian elders, or speaks to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. I was enjoying all that preaching that we were hearing in the video. I kind of wondered what I was doing here. I think you could have just given an altar call at the end of that one, and it would have been sufficient. A voice that feeds the church that Jesus died for. That is God's plan. Through this analogy, we see that a true shepherd is not a sheep herder, but a true shepherd 
cares for his flock. He loves them enough to preach God's word to them. He does not downplay it, candy coat it, or soft soap it. He preaches always with love, but always with passion, and always with truth. He preaches the whole counsel of God because he loves his sheep. This church has been blessed through the decades with great shepherds. Brother and sister David Myers are certainly leading pastors and, and regarded in high esteem by their peers around the country and indeed around the world. When I think of them, I think of several things. I think of fidelity to Jesus and to his message. You could see the two decades, maybe even a little more, of the preaching that we heard here tonight. The preaching that has not changed and has not altered. But there has been a fidelity to this only saving gospel. To preach it today like he preached it when he first came to be your pastor. To preach God's word in its trueness and its fullness. I see in the Myers a devotion to their calling. They give themselves completely and totally to what God has commissioned them to do. To lead this flock and proclaim his gospel and to live as an example. To be there in the down times. To be there in the up times. To rejoice and weep with God's people as they journey through life. I see this devotion that gives itself to loyalty to those they lead and those they follow. Because whether we're shepherds in a local congregation or not, we are all sheep. And each of us need a shepherd. Your pastors have always connected themselves, placed themselves under the leadership of other men and women of God. And you can see it in their lives. That while they lead, they are led. That while they follow, they take their congregations uh, along with them. This is God's plan. I see a commitment to excellence in them. Everything they do is done with excellence. No matter what it is, they give it their all. Attention to detail. But I think the most dominant thing I see in Brother and Sister Myers, their family, is their genuine concern, their real concern for everyone they come in contact with. In, the, in, in, in a time like our time, this is a remarkable characteristic. In an hour that's almost defined by self-absorption and me-firstness, here are people that live their entire lives for the needs of others, for the benefit of others, to care about others. Everyone they meet, they want them to know Jesus like the Myers know Jesus. Everyone they come in contact with, they want them to have the same experience that most everyone here has had. This commitment and concern, whether it's at a funeral or a wedding, whether it's at a child baby dedication or whether it's at a graduation, 
that they walk hand in hand with each and every one of you through every part of your lives, not because they have to, not because you hired them to, but because God called them to and because they care about you. We've known these people a long time. And I can testify here today that they, that the focus of their lives is to seize every opportunity to build up, to encourage, and to save everyone they can. Now this fits perfectly with my text today. In John 10, Jesus gives us three ways that we can tell a true shepherd. First, he says, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He that entereth in by the door. Now, I, I fully know that Jesus is teaching about his chief shepherdship. But here, he introduces a, a, an image that lets us know that he has under shepherds in mind also. Because Jesus doesn't come in by the door. He is the door. I am the door to the sheepfold. If someone tries to come in any other way but by me, he's not your shepherd. <laughs> oh, anyone that is a true shepherd comes in through Jesus and by Jesus. He doesn't build up himself. He lifts up Jesus. It's not about him or her. It's about Jesus. There is no other way in the church but by Jesus. You're not voted in. You're not just invited in. You don't just get a part of the congregation by signing a card. You come in through Jesus. And the shepherd that brings Jesus to his congregation, that preaches Jesus to his people, that brings people not to himself, but brings them to Jesus. He is the shepherd of the sheep. He is the one who trusts in Jesus. Now, I, I, I know this is probably not the way to do it. But when I think about dealing with people, I, I wasn't even a pastor yet. I was a young evangelist. And I preached for one of the old timers. And, uh, and I say, he wasn't much of a counselor. He wasn't schooled in that. He wasn't particularly trained in that. And I'm not sure he really believed much in that. But I'll tell you what he did. And it struck me. I happened to be there and a, there was a person, a, a gentleman in the church that had, had severe issues and he wanted some of the pastor's time. He wanted to know what to do. He wanted guidance. He wanted, he wanted to be told what, what would fix his problem. And the pastor said, I, knowing I was a young preacher just starting out and I needed to learn some stuff, he said, come on in, I want you to sit in on my counseling session. 
So I went in the office, and pastor was behind his desk, and I sat over on one side, and the gentleman came in and poured out a tale of woe and, and trouble, and, and it was all genuine. It was real. He was going through a very tough time. And the pastor very compassionately watched him and listened to him, nodded his head. And when the man finally got through with this long litany of trouble and problem and disappointment and so forth, he finally got done and the conversation wound down and the pastor still just sitting there nodding his head, looking at him. Hadn't said a word. And the man wanted a response and so he said, What should I do? And the pastor looked at him for about a half a heartbeat. And he said, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you to do about this and this and this. He said, but I know what your answer is. Your answer is not about what you do. Your answer is, who do you trust? Because he said, my friend, you can't fix it, but I know the one who can. So let's bow our heads right now and let's invite the presence of the one who can take care of his people. And we prayed and that man wept and when he left, he left with a smile on his face and I knew I was in the presence of a shepherd who had come in through the door and taught his people Jesus is your answer. That is a shepherd. But secondly, Jesus taught us that the identifier is to him, the true shepherd, the gatekeeper opens. Tell you something about a true shepherd. For a true shepherd, God opens doors. When the shepherd prays, things happen. When the shepherd preaches, hearts open up. When the shepherd seeks the direction of God and purpose of God for his congregation. God swings open doors and buildings go up and people flock in and the glory of God is manifest because for the shepherd, God opens doors. I want to thank whoever planned the tribute today for focusing on preaching because I believe with all my heart that what happens in the pulpit and the subsequent surrender in the hearts of people is the key to every congregation moving forward. I get weary of people downplaying the pulpit as if by our own strength and our own abilities and our own wisdom we can move a congregation forward we need 
the Holy Ghost in order to progress in this world. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. This, both these men, this man right, man right here, these are accomplished people. He's an educated man right here. He, he knows Supreme Court justices, or used, used to, before he died, right? He's welcome in the rarefied atmosphere of scholarship. He's a brilliant man. He could be the CEO of a corporation, and it would move forward because he has the ability, the skill, and the training. He doesn't have to be here. This isn't the fallback. This is the choice. This is the call. He's not here because he couldn't do better financially somewhere else. That's not what this is about. This is a man that knows uh, I am called to be a shepherd. uh, And he also knows uh, it takes the power of God uh, to be a shepherd. When he steps in the pulpit, my friends, doors open. How? It's already been quoted here today. I can't help but smile when it was. When they start singing about shepherds, I said, well, they've covered it all. But in Romans chapter 10, how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're in that group that thinks preachers are old-timey, old-fashioned, out of step, that preaching isn't what the church ought to be about, you're wrong. You're just wrong. We didn't choose preaching. God chose preaching. We didn't put the pulpit in the center. God put it here. Because it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent. And then he quotes the Old Testament, two different passages. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news, that stand in a pulpit in bright socks and preach the gospel. It opens doors. It makes a way. It brings answers to life's toughest questions. Finally, we know a shepherd because the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Jesus is referring to what was then a very well-known 
way. And even times, shepherds would bring their flock to a central sheepfold or a corral. Small flocks, small sheep owners, each one could not afford to. It'd be such a waste of resources for each one to have their own, their own sheep pen. So they would go together and build a large sheepfold to protect the sheep in the evening and night from predators and thieves. And in the, as the day began to die, the shepherds would bring their sheep into that large fold. But with the dawning of the day, as the sky began to gray and then lighten, the shepherd would come to the door of that sheepfold and he would begin to call his sheep one by one, by name, Jesus said. And there they are mixed with all the other sheep and yet they hear. They hear a voice that they recognize. He's the one leads us to water. He's the one leads us to pasture. He's the one that fins off the attackers. So that's my shepherd calling. I'm out of here. And one by one they would come out of that sheepfold. And they would gather around their shepherd. And when all were there, he would take his place at the head of the fold. And he would lead his flock and carry them to food and water and safety. Jesus said, you'll know the shepherd because when you hear his voice, this is one who loves me, who comes through the door. This is one for whom I make a way. And this is my shepherd. Now can I make, well let me ask you a question. Doesn't it boggle your mind that when you were out yonder in the world, when you didn't know God, he already had a shepherd for you. Someone who, though he had never met you, knew you. He knew there were men and women in this city. I heard him preach it on the video a while ago. God's going to give us revival from unexpected places. They're coming from the bar rooms and they're coming from their AA meetings and they're coming from their drug addictions. He didn't know their name then, but they heard a voice. Maybe they could not recognize it, but it drew them from where they were. It called to them. And when the moment came and they walked in those doors and they sat on these pews and this good man got up to preach, a synergy happened. A connection took place. And they said, this is where I belong. This is where I'll be cared for. This is where I will find safety and nourishment and water. Stand with me. God said, you'll know your shepherd. You'll know him way down in your soul. You'll know him. A voice that speaks. Strangers, you won't hear. 
They didn't come in by the door. They don't really put me first. They use me for their personal needs. But no, no. You'll know your shepherd. And you will follow. You will gather with the other sheep of your flock. And you will follow God's appointed shepherd to where I want you. Let's praise the Lord. I feel His presence here right now. Let's just reach up to Him in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, somebody's hearing a voice. Somebody. Somebody's hearing a call. The chief shepherd is speaking to your heart. The chief shepherd is saying, Here's your shepherd. This is your flock. I put you here on purpose. It is not an accident. It did not just happen. But my hand is on you. And I've led you to this moment and to this time. So here's how it works. Here's God's plan and choice. You know, I want to say this right. I think God loves big churches. But God's not about big churches. He loves big churches. and We should have everyone we can. We need to make room for everyone God puts in this flock. He loves that. But God works in individuals. He knows us all. You're not just a face in the crowd. You're not just someone in the back who slips in the door on occasion. No. No, no, no. He's got a plan for you. He knows you. You're not here by an accident. You're not here by a happenstance invitation by a coworker or a neighbor or a family member or a friend. No. Oh no. There's something bigger happening in this place today. We have focused on pastor because of his role in our lives. But more than that, because of God's role in our lives through our shepherd. So here's the synergy. Here's the connection. This is how it works according to the plan of God. This is, this, this is how it works. The shepherd leads. The sheep follows. And the chief shepherd pours out his blessing. When the connection I puzzled over Galatians chapter 5. There was something there that, I don't know, I didn't get. Early on, Paul uses the term that we should walk in the Spirit and we would not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I got that. Walk in the Spirit. As we move through life, we don't walk in the flesh, we walk in the Spirit. We pray. We read the Word. We go to church. We put the things of God first. We walk in the Spirit. I get that. I get that. 
But toward the end of that chapter, he makes this statement. If we live in the Spirit, then we ought to walk in the Spirit. And what confused me is I thought they were the same thing. I thought living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit were synonymous. Two ways of saying the same thing. And then I began to study it a little deeper. And here's what I found. When he first uses walk in the Spirit, he uses a Greek word, a very common one. That means to walk. It actually means to walk big. To walk far. To walk in confidence. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But in that later verse when he says, if we live in the Spirit, we ought to walk in the Spirit. It's a different word. It's a different, it's a different verb. It's a military term. And it means to march in ranks. In other words, to find our place in the cause and the kingdom. To join with our fellow soldiers. And not get out of step and not veer off on our own path. But to find our place, to get in rank, to get in line, and to follow the leader and march. If you're going to live in the Spirit, you need to live in the church. You need to find your place in the kingdom. And you need to follow the leader. I know, Pastor, I just mixed my metaphors. But for sheep to be safe, they must have a connection with the shepherd. For soldiers to win victory, they must march in their place. So when the sheep follow the shepherd, and the chief shepherd swings open the doors and pours out his blessing and smiles upon them, anything, hear me, anything is possible. building's full, don't worry about it. Chief Shepherd, going to open the door, make a way. It's going to get double. It's going to be triple. It's going to tri- quadruple. Because you've got a shepherd that came in through the door. You know his voice and you follow him. And God's power and God's blessing are being poured out in this place. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like you to sign up today. Join the ranks to be part of the flock. To not be an outlier, to not be someone who tries to do his own thing, but to fall in line with God's plan. Shepherds. what I want you to do. Only if you feel. 
that you'd like to recommit on this 20th anniversary. Recommit to pastor, to bishop. But not that, not just that. That's vital and important. Because the shepherd's here to lead. But to God. I want to find my place. I want to fill my place. I want to be used of you. I want my life to matter. And it will matter as I walk in spirit. As I follow. So if you can say this, if this is a hunger of your heart, I, I, I won't ask pastor to come down. There's too many folks. But symbolically, I ask you to step out. Make your way to the front of our building and hear. Not, not casually and not without thought. But as you step out, you're saying, God, you can count on me. Pastor, you can count on me. I'm going to follow the chief shepherd by following the under-shepherd. I'm going to find my place in your kingdom, oh God. And I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. In the Spirit. Would you lift your hands? And this is a commitment to God. Would you begin to worship Him? Talk to Him. Make your commitment to Him today. If you can't get down here, that's fine. Just fill the aisle. Just step out from where you are. And by stepping out, you're saying, you can count on me, Pastor. I know your voice. I've heard it. And you're my shepherd. Press in, won't you? Close as you can. Hallelujah. Jesus. Whichever you're comfortable with. And we're going to pray one for another. And one with another. That we will fall in step. That we will all find our place. Let's pray. Lord bless my brother and my sister. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your glory Lord. Your power Lord. Let it flow in and through us. Use us.
whisper your glory. Use us to reach this city. Use us, Lord, to make a difference in the lives of other people. servant David did that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever we commit oh God that while we have breath we will praise you we will exalt you we will express our appreciation recognizing God that you have showed us so much favor I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful congregation of people. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that leads us and guides us. I ask you now, Lord, as we're dismissed, that you would go with every home, every family, 
every marriage, God, I pray a covering of protection upon every car, those that may be traveling, those that go back to homes and families where they may not be positive environments, but God, your spirit goes with them and gives them a covering and a protection. You have given us, Lord, this city of refuge, but it's not only confined here, but you go with us, Lord, on a daily basis. We thank you for that, God, until we meet back together again. Let there be a praise in our lips. Let there be a song in our heart. And let everything that we do bring glory and honor to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. We bless the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. You are dismissed this morning.